Hi, I'm Gail from Europod. Before enjoying your podcast, allow me to say a few words about Europe Talks Back. In the third season of Europe Talks Back, I want to uncover the topics that matter or should matter to all of us. From gender to bodies and sex, digital to migration and urban landscapes, and everything in between. Rather than focusing on macro-level policies, let's zoom in and talk to the brave activists and volunteers with lived experience, who are working directly with marginalized communities to further equity, justice, and liberation for all. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Greek journalist George Karaivas has just finished his daily midday show on the Star TV channel, where he works as a crime reporter. It's the 9th of April, 2021. Karaivas drives back to his house in Alimos, a district in the suburbs of Athens, near the sea. Karaivas parks his car and as soon as he steps out of it, a dark-colored scooter with two helmeted passengers stands next to him. Suddenly, one of the passengers starts shooting. It's 2.30 in the afternoon, and there are 10 bullets in Caravas' body and three lodged in his car. But why? Who would want to silence a journalist forever? This is 108 a podcast series inquiring the fall of press freedom in Greece. Episode 3. Behind the death of a journalist. The Karivas case. A year and a half later, as we're walking on Themuaninos Street, exactly where the Greek journalist George Karivas was murdered, there are no signs reminding of what happened here. But the awareness that it did happen at this very spot gives us a shiver of unease. On the third floor, of the building where Karaivas used to live. His widow, Statha Alexandropoulou Karaivas, is waiting for us. Statha has been George's wife for 31 years and her friend for 34. When we meet her, she's sitting on the couch in her husband's favorite spot. Today, George's widow lives with her 20-year-one-old son, Dimitri, and with Ogi, their dog. Statha has not forgotten a single moment of the day her husband was killed. What she's going to tell us is the story of a personal drama for her and her family. But at the same time, it is the story of an existential threat to press freedom in Greece. When Giorgio finished the show, he called me one last time and asked me, where can I find you? We should have been in the northern suburb of Marusi. I told him, we're at home, we didn't go. And he said, well, I'm coming back home from there. Statha explained to us that her husband was a very punctual person always on time and always following a very specific schedule. That day, though, he was late, so she started to worry. 
Giorgio used to bring home flowers and sweets on Fridays, sometimes also during the week, but mostly on Fridays and on celebrations. He was like clockwork, meaning his schedule was very much a given, so I was worried because he was 15 minutes late. But I said to myself, he must have gone to get a cake. And all of a sudden, my neighbor from the second floor called me and asked, where are you? I replied, upstairs. And she said, don't you have any idea what's going on in our neighborhood? I said, what? She goes, shots fired. That's, they're talking about dead people. She said, I'm on the balcony taking pictures to give it exclusively to your husband for an exclusive reportage. And you're not aware of anything? And while my neighbor was talking to me, I got another call from a friend in the police. He asked me, Stafa, my dear friend, are you okay? I could tell something was wrong. So I asked, has Georgia been shot? So this is how Karaiva's closest family discovered that he was killed just in front of their flat. Then Dimitris automatically looked from the balcony and saw the jeep. I ran. I went downstairs. I saw Georgia lying on the ground. I saw the the ambulance across the street. I was terribly surprised. At first I couldn't realize. I thought he was injured. Why wasn't the ambulance taking him? No one was saying anything to me. And then I realized that Georgia was no longer with us. It was a very, 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 very difficult time. I hope no other family has to go through something like this. The hardest moment of all was when I saw our child leaning on a lamppost, holding his head and saying, Mom, tell me dad's not dead. Then I replied, Dimitris, daddy's gone and it's just the two of us. We have just heard a fragment of George Karevas speaking during one of his reports on the Star TV channel. He's speaking about the Greek mafia. We never met Karevas in person, so it is Tatha, Karevas' wife, who pictured to us an intelligent man with a good sense of humor, a food and drink lover, and a quite ambitious journalist. Karevas was a man who, although living this life violently and suddenly, he spent his life well, just as he wanted to. Karevas was born in 1968 and was the son of a family from the rural area of Drama in Greece. Karevas chose journalism when he was young. However, we discovered that originally he did not want to be a crime reporter. Indeed, Karevas dreamed of doing political reporting. But as destiny would have it, at the beginning of his career, in the 90s, he was assigned to crime reporting for a newspaper. He would continue for 30 years, until the day of his assassination. So the question is, was it his career as a crime reporter which cost Karaivas his life? Indeed, 
Carevas was murdered as a journalist, so there could now be other reason. After all, he was writing about this possibility himself. Until now, no one has put together the pieces of the Carevas murder. To be more precise, 20 months later, the case remains open and unsolved. So, to start to dig into this, we called one of the most experienced crime reporters in Greece, Panos Sobolos. We wanted to hear his opinion. He has been working as a crime reporter for 40 years now. There are general dangers, but there is also the danger of intended revenge if the journalist reveals something and puts it under the spotlight, which might be the case in the murder of our unfortunate colleague, Giorgi Caraivas. He either exposed or was about to expose some illegal network. We don't know exactly what happened to Giorgi. Here you're dealing with outlaws, with criminals, with people who, this is the life they choose which is to live in illegality, in crime. And of course, once you get into these issues, once you deal with these issues, you're in danger. In 2009, Carivas opened his personal blog, which after some time evolved into the website bloco.gr. The site was focusing on news related to crime, police unionism, police finance issues, police personal transfers, and so on. In other terms, George Carivas created a space of free expression for himself, alongside his journalistic activity in other mass media. He signed his own opinion pieces, which were based on the information Carivas acquired from digging deep from his crime reporting job. Towards the end of his life, Carivas' articles were very emotionally charged because of what he knew, saw and heard about the underworld, things he could not publish openly somehow. It is now clear that these stories were beginning to affect him personally. It seems that the more he knew, the more he was in danger. So let me read you an extract from Caraiva's blog. Life is a cycle of indeterminate form and trajectory. Through Dimitri, I met another Dimitri, and through them, I became very familiar with my childishly naive approach to how the system works. Big businessmen, politicians, journalistic bigwigs, the church, the police, the judiciary, thugs, entangled in a cycle of dynasty and oppression of naive romantic travelers, to paraphrase Rousseau, who largely make up the great social stratum. A circle in which everyone knows everyone and all they are interested in is the circulation and laundering of black money. This is life as I learned it and was unable to see it until I met the two Dimitris. George Carivas, 12th December 2020. So what you just listened to was a writing from Carivas about Dimitris Capes. Dimitris Capes was a member of the crime syndicate, a criminal organization accused of death contracts, armed robberies, extortion of businessmen and so on. A close friend of Carivas anonymously told us that George was a very good and ambitious journalist. Do not get surprised that he had contacts in the organized crime. He wanted to have the best context from all sides for his reporting. And so, this is exactly how Carivas could witness this powerful circle of organized crime he was describing. This circle, as we shall see it later, is the subject of a judiciary inquiry in which Carivas would be involved if he was alive. A judicial inquiry that, according to people who know this story well, became the reason for his murder. Today, Carivas' widow is convinced that someone recognized himself behind her husband's writings and ordered his contract killing. 
προφανώς κάποιος είδε τη φωτογραφία. Apparently, someone pictured himself behind George's writings to get to the situation. Apparently, someone really guessed it was about them. However, back then, Kareva's family did not feel he was in danger. In fact, it is against Tata, Kareva's wife, who told us that the family and Kareva's himself never wanted any kind of protection, nor cameras, that he was against all sorts of security. It goes without saying that Georgia was not killed as Georgia, but for his writing. That's what people should take for a fact. They killed Georgia's voice, and I think that, along with Georgia's voice, they killed other people's voices. Because surely, after such a brutal murder, there is a chilling effect on other journalists, causing fear. So, George Kareva's widow believes her husband was murdered so that he could never testify at a trial. The so-called Greek Mafia trial is a trial uncovering a system of surveillance, more specifically telephone and physical surveillance, put in place by the NIS, the Greek National Intelligence Service. Babis Polikroniadis worked with Karaivas at the same newspaper several years ago. Sometimes they would even hang out together. Today, Polikroniadis is following the Greek Mafia trial in court. There is a trial going on in the Athens Court of Appeal based on a 2016 NES finding according to which a network of police officers, night people and lawyers were selling protection to brothels, casinos and illegal casinos while earning over a million euros per month. Crucially, at the moment, this trial is on hold. Polychroniadis explained us why. The NES had established some connections through phone tapes. They had transcript, that's how the conclusion came about. And these conclusions were accompanied by the transcript, the written transcript. But then the Corruption Prosecutor's Office, as it was then called, though it has gone to the Economic Crime Prosecutor's Office, requested that the transcript be made again for procedural reasons. So, to be made either by a police officer or by a court official as to draw up the relevant investigating reports or, in other words, the transcript report. However, these transcript reports relating to the year 2016 on which the case file, the finding and the case file were based have not reached the court. While the court has requested them twice once there were sent transcript reports relating to the year 2017, which, as I said before, is not relevant to the case file. And the second time, instead of sending the transcript reports, three transcript USBs were sent to the court, which contained the conversation of the year 2016, and actually not the whole of 2016, but from May 2016 to the end of that year. According to Polychroniadis, these delays will eventually lead the trial to blow up and expire. Now, listen instead to Statha, Kareva's widow, explaining what her husband's involvement in this trial would have been if he was still alive. He had been called to testify without oath. That means you're involved in the whole thing, because it was a telephone transcript, a telephone recording of a criminal, a man, 
Anyway, I don't know, I don't know, the term criminal is wrong. A man who seems to be involved in this whole case, who says that to his accountant, make it a grant for Karaiwas. That was the accusation Georgia got into. This man actually had relations with Georgia. Just like other people who were theoretically involved or accused of being involved in the Greek mafia, whether they're alive or not. And this man also had a legitimate company who wanted Georgia to take over its representation as a press office, something Georgia never accepted because of his own will. But Georgia never hid the fact that he had personal contacts with this man. They tried to frame Georgia. They obviously didn't succeed, because a man who has no real involvement can't be involved. It was a given that he would testify and he would tell it all. What exactly he was going to say? I can't know. We asked Karevas' former colleague, Babis Kolikroniadis, to comment on this. Yes, I believe that. I believe that's what happened. And because, as I mentioned, George was, and it was apparent from his writings, outraged at the fact that he was named as a suspect in this finding. And probably because of the very many details that he knew from his relationships with the murdered night people who were also suspect in this case. Possibly, if George would have testified in court, he would have told many things that some people would not want to hear, and which I think would be mostly about the police department. Polychroniadis argues that organized crime networks often feature relationships of some sort with people in the higher ranks of power and society. I think the trial touches very, very, very high in the power system. Because there's a question standing. These high-ranking officers who are taking money, we don't know if they were giving in turn money to people in ever higher position than them. I think they don't want to... And because some of them were in key position, that is, they were in... How should I put this? They were in for very important services for the Greek police. We are talking about officers, directors, commanders here. I think no one in this position of power wants it to be revealed how high the figures are who hold this relationship with organized crime. Coming back to George Karaivas, he did indeed look outraged at a certain point of this affair. In one of his latest writings on his website titled My involvement in the Elas corruption ring, go to hell idiots, he wrote the following words, almost prophetically. Ministers, government officials, businessmen, retired and active officers, judges, businessmen, ecclesiastical clergy, etc. Dirty money, murder, extortion, blackmail, mafia. All these reside in my consciousness. And those who thought that my involvement in this case would scare me into stopping writing about this whole patchwork of corruption are sadly mistaken. You may eliminate me psychologically, professionally and even biologically, but I will not allow you to squash my voice. Hence, go to hell, idiots. So, let's pause just for a minute here. What we see here is a man, George Karivas, who was very close to organized crime rings. A man who wrote about them. A man who seems to be under increasing pressure. Karivas ended up being accused in court. Somewhere in this ring of lies must reside also the truth about his murder. But after all, what we are left with is a stalled investigation. 
On the day of the murder of Karevas, the Atatai Minister of Citizen Protection, Michalis Chrysohoidis, publicly promised a quick resolution of the heinous crime. However, 21 months later, no one knows of any suspect having been arrested. Everyone involved in this case agrees that progress has been extremely slow to non-existent. So we asked the police for an official statement on the investigation. The police spokesperson, Kostanthia de Moglidu, told us the following. We quote, The investigation is continuing as normal. The Karevas file will not be closed until all the culprits are found. Surprisingly, the mother-in-law of Karaivas, the mother of Statha, had the chance to exchange about this story with the Prime Minister himself, in person. This is what Statha had to say about that encounter. The Prime Minister asked my mother, what updates do you have from Mr. Theodorikakos, who is the current Minister of Citizen Protection? And my mom told the Prime Minister that the Minister hadn't even accepted to see us. The Prime Minister was supposedly speechless and said, on my instructions, tomorrow you will call to make an appointment with the Minister. That appointment took two and a half months to be made. We finally got there. The Minister said it was a police matter and he was not involved. Distancing ourselves for a minute from the story of Karevas as seen from a family's perspective, this murder is not only relevant as such. It is relevant for it is a murder, the causes of which are rooted in the world of organized crime and... For that very reason, it might not have been adequately investigated. So, does Statha believe that the political world gave her enough support, given we're talking about the journalist who was murdered in broad daylight in front of his apartment in a European country? No, no, no. That's why I said I want George's crime to be put in as a crime against the press. That's why I want to fight, and I'm sure it'll have a good outcome. Kareva's widow tells us that one of the few politicians who claim that the Karaivas murder should not be forgotten because its solution is a matter of freedom of the press and democracy is the MEP and perhaps not coincidentally former journalist himself, Kostas Arvanitis. We called Kostas Arvanitis while he was in the European Parliament in Strasbourg, shortly after he held a speech on the murders of journalists in the European Union. Here in the European Parliament, the Karaiwas case is high on the agenda. It is no coincidence that my committee, the second strongest committee, LIBE, will be coming to Greece at the end of January, a committee of inquiry into the Karaiwas case. The mainstream media may pretend not to listen. We cried for him one day. We saw him in the coffin at the funeral. We made two close-up interviews with his wife, his mother and his poor child, and that's the end of the matter for them. A commission of inquiry coming to Greece has never been done before. The PEGA committee is coming for the wiretapping and the LIB is coming for the rule of law and for the murder of Karaivas and for the monopolistic situation of the press and the persecution of journalists. Indeed, the debate in the European Parliament may continue the momentum around the death of Karaivas institutionally. But in Greece, it has stopped too early, as if the assassination had never happened, as if it were not the most tragic possible outcome for a journalist. At the same time, other international organizations are still actively dealing with the case. There's also strong international interest in the case from the side of the NGO Reporters Without Borders. 
Pavel Zalai, head of the Reporters Without Borders office in the European Union and the Balkans, visited Greece in October 2022. He met the government spokesman, Yanis Ekonomou, in order to put pressure to solve the Karavais murder, to not let this story go down in history as another unsolved murder of a Greek journalist, something that happened in the case of Socrates Lyolias, who also was murdered in 2010 in front of his flat. So we met Pavel Zalai in Athens to understand what Reporters Without Borders is demanding from the Greek government. This lack of progress in the investigation of uh, journalist assassination in Greece is unmatched in Europe in other cases of killings of reporters. One year into the killing of Daphne Karanagalizia in Malta, Jan Kuciak in Slovakia, suspects were detained. In the Netherlands, where a journalist was also killed last year, one year into the murder, we have the trial ongoing. Suspects were arrested a few hours after the crime. So we really need to do everything for Georgios Karvai's case not to become another Greek case of impunity for a killing of a journalist, because we know that some 10 years ago, a journalist was killed and it was not resolved. We are calling on the authorities not only to put all means necessary into the investigation, which needs to be accelerated, and respect their own promise of a quick investigation. But we are also calling on them to invite Europol to help them if they think they don't have enough capacities. Europol, the European Agency for Police Cooperation, has been very helpful in the investigation of the killing of Jan Kucek in Slovakia. They have very important analytical capacities and they do have a competence to work on George Karaz's case, but the Greek authorities must agree to that. And of course, Europol must formally agree to that. Let us remind you here that the Karevas murder, one of the reasons why Greece in 2022 fell from the 7th place to the 108th place and became the member state of the European Union with the worst position in press freedom. The case, however, almost disappeared from the Greek media agenda shortly after the funeral. This is one of the complaints of Maria Antoniadou, president of the Journalist Union of Athens. It's a terrible thing that when something unfolds, it's constantly in the public eye. One week, ten days, and then it is unfortunately forgotten. For us, Giorgio Karaivas has not been forgotten, and we are trying to support the family in any way we can, either legally or socially because we must not forget the two people who were left behind and are fighting with us to solve the case. Murder is the most extreme form of censorship. This is what Pavel Salai of Reporters Without Borders reminded us just before we said goodbye, which are words of George Bernard Shaw. Of course, if you are a journalist working on affairs of corruption in the police or reporting about wrongdoings, of the police, of the other law enforcement authorities in Greece, you ask twice the question if you will continue the work and what the consequences may be. And if you release the most sensitive information, even though it is verified. So it's very rare that a killing of a journalist does not have a chilling effect on his 
or her colleagues that continue working. What also has a chilling effect is lack of investigation. We call this impunity. Impunity is when there is lack of justice for the killing. In countries where the killing of a journalist has a low effect on self-censorship, has not resulted in strong self-censorship of journalists are the countries where these investigations are resolved. So this is a very important factor. A murder is a gruesome event because it is a deliberate violation of the sanctity of life. But here, there's a fear that this does not constitute a private affair. That is why there's an international interest in murdering a journalist. Because freedom of the press means that journalists should feel that they can investigate any subject they want without fear. That is why there is international interest in the murder of a journalist. Because freedom of the press means that journalists should feel that they can investigate any subject they want without fear. If in all the episodes of this series we deal with the issue of funding, of surveillance, of fear of dismissal, we all realize that no fear is as deterrent as the fear one can have for one's own life. We have seen denunciations of the organized crime rings and police involvement, but we have shockingly low rate of solving such cases. This is a case whose evidence is in front of us to be investigated. It is already in the public domain, and yet there seems to be no progress. Of all the things you will hear about as obstacles to press freedom, this is certainly the most dramatic one. We can write against the system, we can denounce the authorities, but... The Karevas case shows that since our investigation focuses on specific individuals, firstly, those individuals may react, and secondly, it's not certain that justice will be there to do its job, even after a given fact. For Karevas himself, it's too late. But for the freedom to practice journalism, it's still a critical case. In the words of the widow of the murdered Karevas, and for his own memory, it is good not to forget what is at stake here. George's murder must not be in vain. It must take on a meaning. And the meaning is only one, that his murder was about his work and nothing else. That's due to George. It's about his honor, his legacy. And I will fight for it. I will fight for it to the grave. You have listened to the third episode of 108, The Fall of Press Freedom in Greece. The original language of the scripts of this podcast series is Greek. The authors of the scripts in Greek and of the interviews on the ground are Jenny Tsiropoulou and Konstantinos Poulis. Episodes in English language are narrated by Maria Dios and Alexander Damianorici. Do you want to hear more podcasts that get to the bottom of things that stand out in the ambient noise? Join Europod. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and our newsletter. Follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram. Discover our brand new website at www.europod.eu and join us in our fight. Europod. Clear the noise. Start to listen. Listen.